Greetings and right-wing salutations. Make America great again. It is an all-new Loftus Party podcast. Somebody in Los Angeles is feeling his oats. Someone in Oklahoma is feeling his oats. We've lost the gimlet. We've lost her to the allure of free beer and beer sampling and beer festivals. So you got you got Kung Fu Rick on the other end. You got Michael Loftus here. We've got a great show for you. Much to discuss. Much fun to be had. We are breaking it down. We're joking about it. We're advertising. It's all good. It's all lovely. How you doing over there, Rick? How are things? How are things in the uh, the old the Kung Fu hometown? Uh, we're doing all right, actually. The weather's not too bad, but we're supposed to have rain for the rest of the week again, which is really. I'm getting really tired of rain. I keep waiting for Noah to float by and pick me up, and I'm just like, can we just? It's June. Can we stop with the rain now? It's Did you June. see where the the Noah's Ark thing flooded? I did not. Other than it's hilarious because somebody built somebody built that that theme park. It was an attraction, and and the the big the big thing to see there is the full scale model of Noah's Ark, and it had flood damage, and that is just that's hilarious. That's just funny right there. I don't care who you are. They built them a Noah's Ark out there, and it had flood damage. That's so. Come on, you, you, you not even a chuckle for that. No, that was hilarious. <laughs> I just, just the idea. Oh, you're of thinking, muting. Well, yeah, I had myself muted just in case. But yeah, just the idea of thinking that you know the the Noah's Ark display flooded. I don't know. The irony there is just awesome. I, I and here's what I'm saying. I'm saying you have to go back through with the people who built it, and, and okay, so if it's me. If it's me and if it's a science fiction movie, if I'm going to build a full-scale model of Noah's Ark, it's going to be a working model. It's the best kind of insurance ever. You're like, if you're going to do it a little bit, you might as well go all the way. If you're going to build a Noah's Ark, it might as well actually work just in case the Lord decides to end life on Earth again with a flood. I doubt he would go flood. It wasn't that the whole promise of the rainbow that he is like, I won't flood it again. I yeah, won't, that, next time it'll be like fire. Yeah, that was kind of the whole promise of the rainbow. From from this point forward, every time you see a rainbow, it will be my promise to you that I will never destroy the world by fire again. Or flood. Or flood, sorry. Either I said way. it wrong, <laughs> but you, you, you said fire and I got stuck on fire. <laughs> but you know what? Wouldn't that be a fun? I mean, you wouldn't make any money. You wouldn't make any money. But wouldn't it be kind of fun just to have a full-scale Noah's Ark just, like, randomly floating around in the ocean? That would be great, like, Bible advertising. You just seriously, you fill it with animals. You have a family lives on board. Oh, dude, dude, I think we just stumbled across a phenomenal reality show. A phenomenal reality show. Uh, call it, like, Ark Family or or Noah's Family or Real Housewives of Biblical Times. You get... We could, you we, get, we could play off of the whole, you know, the, the Swiss Family Robinson and Lost in Space and all that and just call it Ark, Ark Family Robinson, but that would probably Ark, be a little close to home yeah. for me. <laughs> and you just film it. They have to take care of the animals. They're at sea. You, they just Listen, it works just like the real Ark. There's no engine. There's no sail. You just kind of uh, plop, plop them down in the middle of the ocean and just see where they go. See what happened. I would watch that show. 
I would watch that show. There was a show a million years ago on PBS uh, called the, uh, I think it was like Prairie Family or something. And they took these families and it was either Montana or it was somewhere like out in the, in the Great Plains. And they were a million miles away from any kind of civilization. And they had to live like the, the, the frontiers people did. They had like prairie houses, like sod houses. And uh, boy, that was whoo, that was rough living. That was rough living. They had, I think, three or four different families that did it. And it was fantastic. I would watch the Noah's Ark family. I would totally watch that. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I know that they've done it and I know that families have done it, but I don't know how many people could do that nowadays because now we get cranky if our social media sites don't run exactly the right way, much less having to go out and kill our own food and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they had this one family from Beverly Hills. The dad was a, a, a big time investment guy, just rich, just they like filthy rich, huge house. in they had, a, they had a beach house in Malibu, big house in Beverly Hills. And now they were living as if they were, you know, frontiers people on the prairie and the guy was losing weight and he wasn't big to begin with he was losing weight and then he started cramping and he like went down he went down like a like a sack of potatoes just dropped almost fainted and they had to uh they had uh, walkie talkies so they could talk to the authorities in case there was a medical emergency they brought in these doctors they flew them they they brought these people in by helicopter just lickety split the doctor took a look at this guy and they go yeah he's uh he's dehydrated and she's like what about the weight loss he's losing fat he's working hard there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing wrong with your husband other than he needs some water and he's he's working, and those are the cramps. He's he's actually using muscles. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. Then they did a follow up one, which was Victorian House, and that was a, also an eye opener. And because of the uh, industrial revolution, and everyone could afford to have maids, like uh, the women were bored out of their mind. Like the, the 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 mom on the family, she wasn't doing anything. There was like someone to do her her whole like day was just like organizing oh i'm gonna have blah 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 over for tea and then we're gonna do that and yada 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 uh but the, the problem was the maids the maids the people that they hired to be the maids kept quitting because they're like this is this is horrible this is just slavery this is just slavery and even though they knew it was a tv show they're like nope i'm out i, I have i want no piece of this but the victorian times those were pretty that was a pretty good time to be alive if you weren't a, a slave maid. Yeah, I was going to say if you weren't a slave maid or mostly female. But yeah, I mean, I see where you're going. <laughs> and this is a fun to know fact. This is a little piece of uh, of bar trivia for you. But everybody thinks the the Victorian age was so, uh, you know, buttoned up and like, ooh, they were this and they were that and they were all prudish. The Victorians, they were getting, they were like completely raunchy. They were some of the most... Just the things that they were doing, uh, de depraved acts, depraved acts, because uh, like people were so, whatever. Like, but don't ever think that the Victorians were all stuffy. That was that was the image they liked to present to their friends. But uh, yeah, they were they were some horrible, horrible. Uh, they were doing some really disgusting things. They were. <laughs> we everybody thinks they live in the in the freakiest of times. Everyone thinks they do. But I don't think I don't think we hold a candle. Uh, I don't think modern America holds a candle to what they were doing in the Victorian ages. And nobody can come close 
to uh, ancient Rome and ancient Greece. Really, the Romans. I think. I think if you're going to look, if you're going to go for depravity and go, here's a society that was really messed up. I don't know how we got off on this. How, I don't know how we got from Noah's Ark, but I'm digging it uh, to the Roman depravity. But here we are. Here we are. Everybody, it's always the worst time to be alive, but it's always the best time to be alive. You know what I'm saying? Like these are. Uh, yeah, you, I, you hear the statistic all the time that like right now. 2019, it's the safest we've ever been, the most successful we've ever been. There's more law and order. There's more of this and that. And everybody always acts like, oh, now the sky is really falling. Now the sky is really falling. It's going really good, people. It's going really good. I don't know what everybody's so upset about. I really, really don't. We're going to get into some news now. And this is and this is great because this is this is uh, this will be our the, the sky is falling. Let's just title this one right now. The title of this episode is the sky is falling. It's always falling. I like that title. I'm actually writing that down. OK, so let's open it up. Let's open it up with. Tr- no, let's open it up with a little bit of Trump and a little bit of a, a, a comedy update. You guys all deserve a comedy update. Here's the great thing. When you listen to the show, you get the inside scoop. You get the inside scoop. And that is what I'm going to give you. Uh, things are worse than I thought. Things are worse than I thought in terms of the, the, the right is doing a very good job of demonizing – or the left, I should say. The left is doing a great job. Hats off. Hats off to those pigs uh, for demonizing the right. You think it can't get worse, and it, it gets worse. I'm just writing this down. It's always falling. I don't want to forget that. Okay. So um, some buddies of mine, holy smoke, holy smoke. Some buddies of mine got together. We're doing this comedy show, uh, Loftus Party Live. <clears throat> Loftus Party Live show. We went to uh, Nashville, and we went to Huntsville. Now, b- before you go to these towns, you want to sell tickets. You, and you got to let people know that, hey, the, the the conservative comedy tour circus is stopping in town. And initially in Nashville, in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, they were like, mm, it's going to be kind of hard getting you on the radio. It's going to be kind of hard. Now, I can understand why the, you know, the sunny listen at workstation might not want us on. And I can understand why, uh, you know, the the pop hip hop station might not want us on. But like classic rock, classic rock, maybe, maybe not. But when it comes to conservative talk radio, when it comes to conservative talk radio, you're like, oh, that's going to be a friendly, that's going to be a friendly, friendly welcome. Because they're going to be like, holy smoke, uh, we talk about politics all day. We are looking at politics through the prism of we want less government. Uh, we want smaller government. We want to you know, uh, stop with these giant debts and deficits. I think it'd be, it'd be fun to have some conservative right leaning Liberty loving comics on. It was a bit of a challenge. It was a bit of a challenge until we got to, uh, when you're going up through the producer level, you're not feeling a lot of love when you're going up through the, the, the PR people not feeling a lot of love. Then we finally got to this guy, Phil Valentine who is on the air in Nashville, really popular show, really good show. And that dude was just so welcoming, so awesome, so gracious. He had uh, my buddy Reno Collier, who's one of the comics on. He had Reno on in the studio. Re- Reno lives in the the greater Nashville area. And it was great. 
uh, everything was wonderful. And then Phil's like, hey, Michael, I'd like to have you on maybe on like the day of the show. So we did that too. Nashville, Zany's in Nashville. If you're ever in that area, if you live in that area, go to that club. That's a great club. The people there could not have been sweeter. They, they could not have been uh, more supportive. Uh, and they, and it's not like they're some like, it's not some right wing comedy club. They have, uh, who's there's, there's a, the liberal hillbilly is this guy. I can't, and I'm, I just can't remember his real name. You've probably seen his stuff on Facebook, the liberal hillbilly. And he has a tour. He has a tour going out. So if a comedy club can have the liberal hillbilly, certainly they can have, uh, the Loftus party live show. So Phil Valentine was really awesome. I can't say enough good stuff about him. The show in Nashville was great. It was phenomenal. It was fun. And it was the, the Tuesday after Memorial Day. So everybody's partied out. Everybody's had a long weekend. And still a boatload of people showed up in Nashville. It was, it was fantastic. It made me feel good. So now, now we get to uh, Huntsville, Alabama which is uh, stop number two, stop number two, could not get on the radio. Even even the conservative talk station, I guess they couldn't get through to whoever the on-air talent was. Uh, even the conservative talk station in Huntsville would not have us on the air to, to promote a, a night of comedy at, Wait, at Stand on. Up I, Live. I, I want to slow that down a second. So you're serious. In Alabama, of all places, you guys couldn't get on the radio to promote conservative comedy? That is correct. Wow. Huntsville, they tell – here's what they tell me about Huntsville because I'm not that familiar with Alabama. Huntsville isn't really like the rest of Alabama. They have uh, – I guess it's it's turning – more it's becoming more of like a, a liberal city they have the big uh space center there they have the big they, they do the the rockets and the space stuff and they also have a bunch of other industries and uh and it's it's not you you would think wow alabama that's they're gonna be they're gonna be super not huntsville dude not huntsville couldn't get on the air on a conservative talk station in huntsville even so, even so, we had a very good turnout for the show. We had a wonderful show. And in, in both these, and in both of them, in uh, Nashville and in Huntsville, standing ovation at the end of the show. The people are having an absolute blast. This is, uh, it, it, my, my eyes, just what I feel like I, I can't open my eyes up anymore to how big the problem is. It is, it's, it's always, there's always more there. There's always more there. Huntsville, Alabama couldn't get on a conservative talk uh, station to, uh, to promote the show. So, uh, merrily we continue on. Uh, I, we're not going to be stopped. I'm going to make a big announcement, a big announcement tomorrow. I'll be doing that on, on, uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, uh, and Instagram about adding some new dates and some other wonderful, wonderful things that are going on. But, but it's just, it's, uh, I'm so stubborn, dude. I'm so stubborn. And, and when I know that pe when people come out to the show, they have a great time seeing ovation and everybody's happy. Uh, it's just that it's that, that breakthrough moment 
in terms of uh, social media and radio. Uh, it's it's crazy. But the great the great demonizing of of the right uh, continues. It 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 continues. And I know uh, Robert Mueller didn't make things uh, anything better the other day with his wacky press conference, <clears throat> which I did a video about that. Did you see the uh, you see the Mueller press conference there? Yeah, actually, I for the first time in a long time, I was actually able to keep up with it as live breaking news because just so happened that that day at the day job, everything went down. So we were dead in the water for like two hours. So not only did I get to actually watch everything, I actually got to comment on it for a while before I had to go back to work. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So uh, everyone on the left, oh, I don't know about your Facebook friends, but the people, you know, on on the on the Facebook we're all like, oh, he the reason he didn't charge Trump with obstruction is because you're not allowed to charge a sitting president with a crime. You're not allowed to charge a sitting president with a crime. OK. Um, also, there was no crime. That's that was also a big part of the obstruction thing. That's <clears throat> that's what's driving me crazy. Like so these. Uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, whenever you're ready, I want to elaborate on that for a second, because there's some that, that's being passed around enough that it's driving me crazy. So there's, there's definitely some points there that are being missed. Yeah, here's here's my big thing. Like and I, and I, and I, I try to and this is this is why, like with with po posting stuff on Facebook, it's it's all madness. So I, I literally it's it's easier for me to get my thoughts out on video. And go to the YouTube channel and, and watch the, the YouTube clip. And, and if if. If people on the left really think that if there was some big giant uh, – if if Trump went to a witness and said, don't you testify, don't you dare testify, or I will do X, Y, and Z. Or if Trump said, hey, uh, here's what you need to say. Here's what you need to say. Say this or else. I, be I truly believe uh, Mueller might have mentioned it. He might have said, this is a crime, this is a crime, this is a crime. Uh, evidently, I'm not allowed to charge a sitting president, but you guys should know there was a bunch of crime going on. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Mueller's like, I don't know, this might be, because this you might be able to, I don't know, if you looked at it this way, you might think that it could be. And it's so, uh, it, it, it's to me, most of the stuff, it's like when you take it, out of context, there's one thing like when when Trump famously uh, was was doing that press conference and he's like, hey, we love WikiLeaks. We love WikiLeaks. Russia, if you're listening, <laughs> we want all those emails like it was so obviously a joke. That was so obviously a joke. However, if you put that on paper and it just says Russia, if you're listening, we want all of the emails you can you can put that kind of. Ooh, that's nefarious and bad when you see it on the page. However, you've, you've taken it completely out of context. And then, you know, you need to add in uh, Hillary's response uh, to that where she was begging for the help of someone to, to send emails on Trump. So anyway, th those are my thoughts. If there, were, if, if there was, a, if there was a, le a legit glaring crime, Mueller would have mentioned it. He would have mentioned it. And this whole thing like, oh, he couldn't. So he's asking he's asking he's asking Congress to do it. Yeah, blow me. Just, just give a give, give me a big lick. All right, Rick. I I want your insights. I want your thoughts. All right. So first things first. Um, 
in order for there to be an obstruction of justice charge, there has to be a clear predicate crime. This was a fishing expedition. I want to remind folks that collusion in the context that it was used during the investigation had never been used in this way before. In fact, there is no precedent for it to be used this way in any law enforcement action for them to be using the word over and over again of collusion. They didn't actually specify anything that could count as a crime. Second of all, they couldn't find any predicate crime. This would be no different than, and this is what I keep being told. Well, so what you're saying is if they're investigating a murder and you lie to them about it, then you're not guilty of a crime. No, that's different because there is a definite predicate crime there. You know a crime was committed. There is a dead body sitting in front of you. Then that at that point, if they start lying to you, then they're obstructing. But you can't use obstruction as a catch-all when there's no crime. Agreed, dude. Agreed. Uh, and I don't know. And and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here. But but didn't Trump? Didn't they let everybody testify? He didn't got, everybody he, testify? Yes. Didn't they give over a million documents? Didn't they let? Didn't they? They let. They let Mueller see everything. I I think they're hanging their hat on obstruction with with Trump when he was floating the balloon he's like man we should fire Mueller we should fire Mueller and then the guy's like no dude don't fire him you're just gonna make it worse oh man I want to fire that guy I'm serious don't do it you're gonna make it worse I, I seriously I think that's what they're they're calling that, obstruction that, that's their whole thing that to them that's obstruction because he kept saying over and over again that he felt like uh, Mueller should be fired uh, for having um, a conflict of interest which he does, and he did, and it's been proven that he does, and he did, and and that's what the press conference shows. That's just like, like, and, and this is one of the things that I'm talking about in the video, where uh, you know, everybody, okay, where's the Mueller report? Then it comes out, uh, and Attorney Barr uh, says, says, okay, uh, here's the summary of the report, and then Mueller's like, wait, 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 I have to write this letter. You have to include the letter. This you have to include the letter, and then Barr's like, dude, the letter's in there. I included the letter. What's your problem? Okay, okay, we're good. We're good. I have to have a press conference. I have to have a press conference. Well, why? Because I want the I want to make sure the report speaks for itself. Like, dude, give it. Like, give it up. And it's like it was a real like, like Jim. It was like he was like the the opposite of J James Comey when when James Comey gave that when James Comey did his press conference and then he listed all the crimes that Hillary did. Yeah, she did this. Yep. There was top secret stuff. Yep. She did that wrong. Yep. She shouldn't have done this. Yep. That email was bad. Mm hmm. Yep. She shouldn't have done that. But we can't think of a reasonable prosecutor that would take this case. And all of a sudden the FBI is deciding who and who does not. Uh, get in trouble. That was just that was bizarre. That was truly bizarre. And now you have the opposite of that uh, in Mueller going, well, there is really no crime and we didn't find a crime here and there was no collusion and there was no conspiracy. And we can't really say we don't think there was obstruction, but we can't really say you might. I don't know. Uh, we're going to work with that, that. There's the report that that, that that's it. Like if you can't reach a con if, if the Mueller report doesn't reach a conclusion, that doesn't mean mm, Congress should. And uh, and all the oh, man, I, it, uh, it uh, it's 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 a way just to keep the keep the the the, the waters muddied and keep the arguments going. And, and, that, and, and that's keep... exactly what it was. I, I'm just going to and I'm going to rehash something that a good friend of mine, uh, Gene Baradelli, said when we were we did a two hour special the night the Mueller report broke. And he said over and over again that Mueller not 
clearing him for obstruction was a two-fisted, one-finger salute on the way out the door to Donald Trump because he can't stand him. And that's exact. That's yes. exactly why he had the press conference. I, I want to clarify something for everybody who's listening. What Comey did and what Mueller did were both violations of DOJ policy. But it gets worse for Comey because Comey rewrote a federal statute live on the air because the the, the U.S. code that he cited doesn't require intent. And he said, but we I can't find any clear intent. The law you stated doesn't say there needs to be intent. However, for Mueller to be able to prove obstruction, there has to be criminal intent. How can there be criminal intent when there was no crime? It's uh, it's it's wild. It is wild. And it's like I don't like to be manipulated. I, I've said it before on this show. And, you know, it's it, you go, oh, OK, well, uh, you know, the media is all on the left and the deep state is real and all this other kinds of stuff. And you sound like you're a, a, a wing nut, not. You sound like you're a wingnut until you take a step back and you start looking at the media uh, objectively when they all start using the same uh, catchphrases. You know, OK, oh, the news is tightening. The news is tightening. This is the beginning of the end. This is the beginning of the end. Nancy Pelosi, she really got under his skin. She really got under his skin. She really got under his skin. And if you go back and you look at the coverage of even Trump's inaugural address, oh, it was a dark speech. It was a dark speech. It was a dark speech. You, the, this does not happen by accident. This does not happen by accident. Uh, there's, there's talking points and there's, there's strategies and there's PR firms and there's, uh, there's conference calls where they go, here's how we're going to handle this. And it's with, with James Comey and, 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 and what he did and with, with Robert Mueller and what he just did, you'll have a hard time convincing me that this is not part of, uh, uh, a, a, a greater strategy. I, I don't like, I don't even like the feeling that I'm uh, being manipulated. And, and everybody who's, you know, thinking about, oh, they, you know, it's the, we're watching the, the death of democracy. It's the death of, and that's the other one. Oh, the constitutional crisis, constitutional crisis, and the death of democracy, and the death of democracy. Like, someone's coming out with these talking points, and someone's coming out with these catchphrases, and what is up with that? And like, if you really are concerned about the, the the death of democracy in the the end of our republic, you have to have faith in our 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 processes and and our system of government. And I, and if and if someone, even if there's a, a people talk about Russia and oh if if Russia meddled with our elections, you have to be concerned about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm totally going to agree with that. So you look at Russia and you're like, yep, they bought some Facebook ads. Yep, they did that. I guess maybe we should take a look at who's allowed to buy Facebook ads. They didn't change any votes. They didn't get into the, the whatever. We can talk about what Russia did. My point is this. If with with the, the there's a chance that Russia did something. If there's a chance, if there's a chance that the DOJ and the FBI uh, and the CIA and somebody at the White House were like, you know what? Let's make this. Let's 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 get some Russia people in here. Get the Russia people to talk into the Trump campaign, just as an insurance policy. Just as an insurance policy, we'll set up some some people as Russian agents. Uh, we'll get this FISA warrant going on down here. We're gonna just put some bait, some Russia bait in the water, and then when the Trump campaign uh, jumps on it, we'll be good to go. And if that dude does get elected. We'll get him kicked out because we have an insurance policy. 
And and that is looking like you don't have to be uh, Sherlock Holmes to go, boy, once you once you look at things through that prism, it all lines up. It all lines up that there was people, Department of Justice, FBI, when when Peter Strzok literally says we have an insurance policy, there's your insurance policy. We're going to set this guy up to look like he's in cahoots with Russia, and that will be the end of his presidency, and then we'll have an election do-over. That's your death of democracy. That's your end of democracy right there. And when and when people try to uh, villainize myself and, and other people on the right for for trying to stand up and, and, and protect our, our fragile uh, republic, I, I get so mad, dude. I get so mad. And they're they're giving it everything they got. They're giving it everything they got to to try to slow it down and make people look like morons and make people look like racists. And they're still taking people and quoting them out of context. It's just it's crazy. And when you try to joke about it, they won't let you on the radio. Boom. Full circle. I came full circle there, Rick. Hey, you're getting better at that. You, you, brought, mm-hmm. you brought it all back home. Good job. All right, but, you know, just to put my own tinfoil hat on for a second, because I've talked about this before, too. I think what honestly happened is I think they had that insurance policy the entire time, but I think they were going to be using it for different reasons, at least they thought. Um, because here's here's one of the things that, that drove me crazy when Trump first started, you know, after he started, he came down the escalator, and then about halfway through the primary, it was like he started intentionally trying to shoot himself in, on the, in the foot. I remember being at CPAC uh, that year, and he was on. He was on a stage. They actually televised the debate because it was elsewhere. But he was on a stage talking about as commander in chief, it doesn't matter what I tell them to do. The army's going to listen to me. If I tell them to kick in doors and start shooting people, it, it does, it's not going to matter. They're going to do it. And I remember the entire group just booing because I mean that's a paraphrase because it was several years ago, but it was something pretty close to that. And then there were se- there were several other things that he said. You're still not going to be able to convince me that at some point he wasn't supposed to take it on the chin. Because if you look at the emails and if you look at Hillary insisting that it needed to be him, it had to be him no matter what. I don't think it was because they thought they could beat him for real. I think it's because those families had been friends for decades. And I think he was supposed to take it on the chin. And then he realized if he took it on the chin, he I think he found out about all the crap they were planning on throwing at him after he took it on the chin. And he was going to lose his entire business. He was going to lose his family and likely wind up in jail, shot or worse. Uh, that is uh, – that's well within the realm of possibility, dude. That's the, well the within the res- realm we- that, that there was some – that there was some secret backroom deal and then I'm going to be double-crossed, so I'm going to double-cross them. Uh, however, I have a – and I'm not going to uh, – I'm certainly not going to name names. Uh, I, I have a, uh, a, a friend in the intelligence community. Uh, who's pretty high up on he's, he's he's pretty connected <clears throat> and I was having a conversation with him a couple a couple weeks ago and I meant to bring this up last week but he talks about the meeting that uh, that George Papadopoulos had at the meeting uh, the, the, whatever the bar the one that started it all they say you know some Russian uh, person comes up to George Papadopoulos and starts uh, you know trying to get info. That dude is like that meeting has all the hallmarks of a uh, of a uh, what do you call it uh, a CIA you know that that's just that was an inside job that was all an inside job that's the that was no real Russian operative blah 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 so 
<laughs> I think I think there was an insurance policy in play. Yeah, and I honestly, and again, it's just me. I'm not that. I am only the producer for this show, so don't take everything I say with a grain of salt. But what I am saying is I think there I think there was a plan in place because it explains so many things. Because look at the way the media was treating him at first. Look at the way everybody was treating him at first. Everybody <coughs> said he was the golden child until until at some point they realized that he, he was for real about trying to win it. And then everything changed. Then it started Well, he was he was he was the freak show. He was definitely the freak show. And that's why they uh, they wanted it to be in my in my belief that, you know, they 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 wanted it to be Trump because they thought he'd be easy to beat because he the oh, he's a clown. He's a clown. And look back at that. You can go back at YouTube videos where that was the catchphrase. Oh, he's a clown. He's a clown. He's a clown. And then I think they had their uh, October surprise ready to go with uh, with NBC and they had the Access Hollywood tapes. And that's another one to think about. And, and I love to bring this one up because you got you got. You got uh, Billy Bush and and Trump on you know that that famous audio recording of like hey when when you're famous you can do anything when you're famous you can just walk right up and just grab him by the <laughs> which we we can discuss that uh that that's a whole that's a whole nother show but that is that's that's that used to be the case that used to be the case that's why kids wanted to be in rock bands and that's why kids wanted to be uh, movie stars because and that's why kids wanted to be in the NFL. Like when you're famous, the rules don't apply to you. That that used to be the case. Yeah, they, I mean, they were still writing songs about it in the '90s. Um, yeah, one of the so bands, so one hold of the on with with, <laughs> with the hold on hold on with the uh, with the NBC. It always this is always worth repeating, and I, I, that's why I want to make sure we we get it clean. Uh, Access Hollywood. That's an NBC show. That's an NBC show. And they own all that stuff, and it was it was a uh, it was a producer, and it was an audio guy who worked for NBC. And when you have a big thing like that, that goes up the chain at NBC. NBC was not the the outlet that broke that story. They gave it away. They gave that away because they wanted to be able to go. Oh, we didn't even know. We didn't even know. So they were sitting on that, and that was their. Big October surprise. That was their nuke. That was gonna. That was what was gonna permanently end uh, the threat of Donald Trump. And thankfully, it didn't. Ha 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 ha. La 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 la. Okay. So that's that's the thing where you've got the the big media. In my opinion, big media is in cahoots. They're like we we have chosen sides. We're NBC. We want Hillary to win. We'll hold on to this and use it for maximum effect. Well, yeah, that terrifies me. Big media always picks a side, though, because, I mean, right now you can see it happening with the Democratic uh, people that are starting to, to, I mean, what are they up to, like 11 billion uh, people that are running now? But still, you can see that the media is already starting to pick favorites because they know if this person wins, I'm going to have instant access to the White House. Yes. Yeah. And then here's the other thing to think about. And this is just it's one of those little, you know, bar trivia things. And when you're doubting yourself, when you're doubting your politics and, you know, you're on you're finding yourself on the the, the ugly end of the stick at, at a dinner party or a cocktail party. Just think about how many the, the federal government, which just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, is almost exclusively populated by Democrats. Uh, they've done studies. It's the if you, if you're in the federal government, you are chances are you're a Democrat, you're a liberal. And so uh, why would you vote for uh, the conservative who you're you're now voting for someone to come in and possibly uh, downside downsize your department and end your job? 
So that's the other threat to our fragile uh, republic is like you've got people who are sitting at the the big switch and they're sitting in places of command and they're like, hmm, if if this person, if a conservative gets elected, this is going to upset the apple cart. And it's a sweet apple cart. It's a really good apple cart. If you are in big government and if you're in Congress and if you're in the Senate and you're in a position of power, uh, there's a chance that you can meet some people and make some really sweet deals. Do a little bit of look up Jim Comey. That guy had an amazing career, an amazing career. Jim Comey comes up through the FBI. He's the golden boy. He's the Boy Scout. Everybody loves him. And then suddenly he takes a leave of absence, leaves the FBI, and then he goes to work for like Boeing or some giant uh, – they make, they make planes, you know, one of those big, you know, uh, conglomerates. What? Now you left the FBI and you're working for a company that makes planes? What the heck? Oh, and then there's a big contract that's signed. And then Jim Comey gets a big giant bonus from the plane manufacturer. And once that deal is done, oh, welcome back to the FBI. It's crazy. How does that, Nancy Pelosi making all that money? Maxine Waters making all that money. Everybody, they go into they go into Congress and they're making a hundred and forty, a hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. They're there for a couple of years and they come out like, wow, I'm a I'm a millionaire. It's like the swamp is real, bro. The swamp is real. Those are the and tax returns I want to see. I'm tired of everybody talking about Trump's tax returns. I want to get a look at the people that went into Congress and came out millionaires. Oh, dude, there was uh, – I did this video uh, two weeks ago. I said Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to play this game, right? That was the title of the video. Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to play this game because you go back and this is nothing – this is all – I, I, Snopes is saying this. Like, does Nancy Pelosi have ties to or, organized crime? And Snopes is like, mm, kind of. Yeah, yes, yeah, she she kind of does. And there, <laughs> and uh, and there's stuff on Chuck Schumer, and there's stuff on Maxine. Wa- there's stuff on everybody. I if they if they crack the cork on this one, if they crack the cork on, we're gonna go back and look at Donald Trump back when he was a private citizen. Wow, you just you just you just let the genie out the bottle. You just opened up Pandora's box of and and then and that's that's good. The transparency is good, but I tell you, you'll never find a you'll never find a person that wants to get into politics again because everybody will have either a, a real crime or an imagined crime. Good lord, look what they did to uh, Brett Kavanaugh. They all, they had him over. They were they were that dude was done. But thankfully, he's like such a Boy Scout and had that crazy calendar he made as a kid. I don't have a calendar like that. I could never run for public office. I don't have a. I can't. I can't account for my whereabouts on on June eleventh, nineteen eighty two. Good <laughs> lord, who's gonna run for public office? Nobody. And I think that's honestly kind of what they want. I think they're trying. I mean, because Trump is probably the first person that has not already had political experience that's already tried to run and the people that already have political experience they have fixers so they can make sure this stuff stays buried well you 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 certainly hope it does you certainly hope it does because when when and this isn't even politics but if you just come if you just come out at, at this from a different angle politically they come at you over the top they come out like like uh, I'm looking for it right here. Uh, John Cleese, John Cleese, uh, they're coming after him now because he's like, 
you know, this isn't this London isn't London anymore. It's 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 changed. And they're like, oh, you're a racist. You're this, you're that, the other thing. And he's like, no, no, I'm, it's, it's a cultural thing. Uh, and people are like, you should you should learn history. The English have a horrible history. And he's like, listen, I'm just saying I, I, I enjoy cultures that don't celebrate uh, female genital mutilation. Oh, you racist. And he's like, no, it's cultural. It's cultural. It's not racist. <laughs> and like John Cleese is super funny, super witty. And I think he just finally – uh, backed out of his little Twitter fight, but he was he was right on everything. He was correct on everything, but they have to make him look like uh, a Nazi demon, knuckle dragging troglodyte. But he's just an awesome dude who is, you know, London isn't the same anymore. And then you've got Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, that complete and total Jaguar. He's like, oh, the alt-right is on the rise and we cannot roll out the red carpet for Trump or we sell it like just demonizing, just demonizing Trump and, and everyone who supports him and and all these people who and it's not really just Trump. It's it's the people of England who like we want out of the European Union. We voted for Brexit. We won. We won. We won the right to get out of the European Union fair and square. And you keep dragging your feet. You keep dragging your feet. You keep dragging your feet. And if they don't think that what that that's not going to upset people, that's not going to upset people. Good Lord. And the fact that they don't even try to understand it, they don't even try to understand it. They just like instantly just go straight to you're a moron. You're a racist moron. If you if you voted for Brexit, you're a racist. You're a Nazi. That's just the end of story. If you voted for Trump and you want to you want America first and you want America to actually manufacture goods and not just be a giant Disneyland resort. Well, then then you're you're a racist and you're a Nazi. It's just it's 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 madness. It's insulting and just makes me want to double down on everything I'm doing. Just double down on it. I can't wait till Monday tomorrow. You guys will see. There's more good stuff coming. Oh, wait, I'll just tell you. So, I, have. I was going to say, you're going to make his way. This is going to be Monday by the time they hear this. Come on. <laughs> that is true. There's just more dates coming. There's more dates coming. I have to look. There's emails flying around today uh, about about the Loftus Party Live and shows and cities being added and and wonderful people. And there's people jumping on board and helping out. Oh, uh, it's, any news on Oklahoma yet? No. I will. We'll see. We will see uh, the loony bin. I don't know anyone at the loony bin. I don't even know if the loony bin is still open, reach but I'll go. To, reach out to Rodney. He probably knows the best club around here. Come on now. <laughs> I got I got to reach out to Rodney and do that. But man, oh man, I just, it just, that Sadiq Khan, the whole London thing where they're like, literally, you can't, you can't sell knives anymore. You can't walk around with a, you can't walk around the city with a, with a pocket knife. I carry a pocket knife with me. Everywhere I go now, I, can, I I always have a little foldable knife, and it's it's crazy when you have a little pocket knife. You're amazed at all the times you're like, "Wow, I, I'm glad I have a pocket knife." But don't do that in in uh, London, or you're gonna end up in jail with Tommy Robinson. Hey, so got, speaking of London, got some breaking news. NBC's Chuck Todd is apparently upset because Trump complimented a British politician, claims Trump is trying to interfere with the election. <laughs> that's that's great good old down, chuck, chuck todd he, he's right on he's he's right on it maybe he's upset with uh with obama trying to uh 
interfere with the Israeli election back then when Dude, he was no, doing that? Let, Maybe that was. That, let, let's not even go back that far. They are current. They are currently Obama and Kerry both are currently in back channel negotiations with Iran to try to keep the Iran deal alive, even though President Trump's already backed out of it. It is. Uh, it seems like for the longest time, and I think maybe they they stopped doing it for a little bit because people started to catch on. But like, if if Trump was in Canada, as soon as he left, Obama was there a couple days later. If Trump went to Japan a couple days later, uh, Obama was there. Like he was just like literally just going right behind him and just like actively, I think, undermining him. The Logan Act is an, is a joke is an absolute joke. If if John Kerry doesn't get in trouble for, for what he's actively doing with Iran and all that stuff, just can we just stop even bringing the Logan Act up? Please. Can we just stop? Yeah, it's you're, you're wasting everyone's time. You're wasting everyone's time. I'm going through uh through tweets that I just that I just love. Hillary Clinton, this one cracked me up. Uh Hillary Clinton is the keynote speaker at like some cybersecurity conference? <laughs> and that what's she gonna do? <laughs> tell, tell, show them how to wipe their servers with a cloth? Exactly, exactly. Uh, day one, I'll be talking about uh, uh, basement servers and having your own private server. Uh, day two, how to share top secret emails with uh, with friends whose uh, husbands uh, are all over the internet with God knows who talking about God knows what. It's just absolutely redunculous, and she is, <clears throat> uh, she is, she is on the case. Hillary is on the case. Oh, and here's here's another one, you guys. This this is uh, from our uh, culture department. Uh, guess who's starting a new uh, production company in Hollywood? I'm almost afraid to ask. Hillary and Chelsea Clinton. Oh my god! They're going to have a new. They're going to have a new production company. They got a bunch of backing behind them. They're going to put out their shingle and they're going to make uh, movies that promote their agenda. They're going to do movies, television, film, whatever, whatever they can to uh, promote their agenda. So you've got Obama uh, who has a, just like a big hunk of Netflix all to himself. You'll have the Clintons and, 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 then, and those are just like the full on we're politicians. Those are just the straight up we're politicians. Forget about the, the rest uh, of Hollywood. And with Netflix, like literally, literally, you can't get in the door to have a meeting. You can't get there like, no, because you're uh, you lean to the right and you're an evil hillbilly Nazi. It's just woo-wee. we're going out. We're going out on the road. We're telling jokes. We're going to we're going to do this thing and we're going to it's going to be a grassroots movement and it's going to be a comedy show and it's going to be. Uh, a pseudo rally and we're going to add some new special guests. It is just, uh, it's just unbelievable how they keep, uh, they keep, uh, pissing on us and telling us that it's raining. The, the, the border wall, we've almost, we've all, everybody's like almost forgotten about the border wall. And, and, and the re the reason is it's still even on the radar in, in a tiny bit in the, in the, in the littlest bit is there's more footage that keeps coming out. That's just, it's hard to believe you, you see some of this footage and you're like, that's gotta be fake. There's no way that's real. There's one now that shows it's uh it's like that that heat you know they use the the flare camera or whatever and they they catch the the body heat of people coming across the Rio Grande and you had to have seen this a thousand people 
a thousand people coming across the Rio Grande and it's like time-lapse photography. So it kind of looks sped up and it looks, looks a little cartoony, but you're looking every, it's like looking at a negative. It's like, everything's like in, 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 in whites and grays. And then you see these, this little black blob, uh, that's a person comes scurrying across and another and another and another, and it just keeps going. And it's just like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, crows, like, like uh, a thousand crows that are landing on a tree. It's just like this giant stream of people that come across the Rio Grande and they're just kind of standing there in this big giant blob. And, and, and thank God uh, border patrol agents got there and they, and they grabbed them all up, but just like, Holy crap, Holy crap. And then here's another one that wasn't on the news that you'll only catch here. Well, you won't only catch it here. Cause obviously I caught it somewhere. But uh, they're 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 now catching people uh, from Africa. It's uh, that happened. They just caught I think they just caught, uh, nine or twelve dudes uh, from like the Congo and all these other really weird uh, African countries who they're 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 realizing now's a good time to get in. Now's a good time to get in. So uh, and I know they've caught some people uh, from from like Thailand and from China too. You take a ship, you get off in Central America, you go up Central America, and then you cross the border at Mexico. So all this stuff, because it used to be like, you know, you'd think, okay, that's kind of crazy. Like an, an ISIS guy could sneak in. You're like, really? I don't know. But now you're like, holy smoke, they just they just grabbed up a bunch of people from Africa. They just grabbed up a bunch of people from China. Now it's like well within the realm of possibility. Good Lord. <laughs> and none, none of this is funny, and I don't know why I'm laughing about it. But I, I, I guess it's just cry. the sheer say what it's either laugh or cry at this point, because no, no, you're sitting here telling people the truth about what's going on at the border and nobody believes it. And 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 you you look at the the deaths you look like uh, that's what I was like, just just like I had to laugh about it because it's just so just, just completely nuts. Like how many people are going to die today or this week? From uh, from an overdose on drugs that came in through the southern border, and I just and the hit and that's the other one you get right away, right away. Well, that's you know most most of the uh, most of the drugs come in through other uh, means, and that's uh, you know they're they're those use another way. Well, we got to stop those too. We got to stop those too. However, I'd sleep a little easier knowing they can't just walk across uh, a giant the equivalent of a lawn. Like at least could we put up a wall to make them work a little bit? And when they when they put up a giant ladder, okay, well now we'll have to deal with the ladder problem. And when they dig a tunnel, we're like, uh oh, now we're gonna have to put up sensors to listen for digging. It's like not the the wall isn't the end all be all, but at least could we slow it down a little bit? And then when they try to do uh, workarounds, then you you try to solve those. Good lord, build the wall. I mean, build the, the wall. And everybody that's for the wall has always said the wall is just the first step. Because it, it and and for everybody that is listening to this right now who hears the arguments all the time of well the wall's not going to stop anything. Okay, so I, I want you to use this argument the next time somebody tells you that. Do you lock your doors and windows at night before you go to sleep, or do you leave them wide open? Do you lock your car Amen. doors? Because, and, yeah. and t until those same people are taking the doors off of their cars and the doors and the windows off of their houses, they have zero room to talk. Because Exactly, and dude, yeah, you, you, you do. You lock, the, you lock the doors on your car, and you're like, well, they'll just smash the window. Well, you know what? Now I have an alarm system, and my alarm will go off, and I have a good chance. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, exactly. And, and that, but that, but that's the thing. I keep hearing this all the time, and everybody's like, "That that's a false equivalent." No, it's not. It's an it's an equivalent of scale because you're. It's not that you hate the people that are outside of your home. It's that you want to regulate the people that come in your home. Dig it's no different. It. Dig it. You are. It's. It is. It's still the best metaphor. It's still the best uh, analogy or whatever the heck the uh, the correct word is. I guess the we'll go back up and and we'll we'll talk about the, this for a second. The uh, the whole John McCain controversy about the ship and supposedly they wanted it out of sight and they wanted the name covered up and uh, blah 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 blah. And guess what I say? Uh, good. Good. Because they're. I guarantee I used to be like, man, why don't these uh, conserve? They don't they don't like John McCain too much. And uh, I don't think history is going to be kind to John McCain. And I and I got I got no beef if someone from the White House is like, yeah, there's the let's not advertise the name John McCain. We, we can keep that ship out of sight. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. The uh, the whole uh, IRS thing. The whole when the IRS was was targeting the the Tea Party, uh, that was coming out of the McCain camp. That was that that was a that was a, the McCain camp. They got they got the notes on those meetings. They got the notes on those meetings. Uh, Judicial Watch uh, dug those up and found them. Judicial Watch is awesome. There was a guy from the Trump Trump uh, from from Trump's office who's like, maybe we use the IRS. And we'll just make it uh, financially just too hard on them for or, to organize. And if they if they want to have uh, you know this blah 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 status, let's just make it hard on them, and uh, that way they it won't be worth their while. So yeah, John McCain, uh, war hero, sure, uh, decorated veteran, sure, but there were some shenanigans going on too, some shenanigans. So let's not let's not all line up to weep for Megan McCain trying to protect the legacy of her father. And here's another one that came out that is really flying under the radar. Have you heard about these uh these these the new notes that were released from the uh FBI surveillance of uh uh Dr. King? I have not no, sorry. I had myself muted in a different place and couldn't find it for a second there. Oh, that's fine. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, what's his guy? Whoever ran the FBI, supposed crossdresser dude, uh, who was who was no fan. Yeah, he was no fan of uh, Bobby Kennedy. He was no fan of well any of the Kennedys really, uh, and he kind of ruled. <laughs> talk about a corrupt dude abusing his power, and he had he had uh, wiretaps on uh, Dr. King and, and his, his people, there was, uh, there was some, I'm going to let you guys, I don't even, I don't want to, I don't want to get into the hearsay of it all. I don't want to even, uh, try to quote some, I would invite all of our listeners to look it up, uh, and verify it for yourself. But you're like, wow, wow. If we're going back through history and, and getting rid of, uh, statues and, we're going to rename this airport like if they you look at like they want to get rid of the name of John Wayne Airport because some stuff John Wayne said in an interview with Playboy magazine like in 1972 or whatever. <laughs> if, if that's if that's the watermark for getting rid of name, they're going to have to rename every Martin Luther King Boulevard like <laughs> talk about it's yeah, a great it's a great a lot of work. because like. Well, it's all yeah. It will be a lot. Like they 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 got rid of that Kate Smith uh, statue. Kate Smith 
who raised $600 million in, in war bonds to help defeat Hitler. If you ask me, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's she, she, that was, that was like the biggest, you can't compare. She did so much good work to raise uh, money to help defeat Hitler. So that's in the win column. Now she also sang a song in like 1932 in some Broadway show nobody heard of. And it was like a, it was like a duet with a black dude in a comedy show. But because she did that one song, oh, we got to get rid of her statue. This whole stuff on uh, Dr. King. And let me tell you what, I'm a Dr. King fan. Like I, everything that dude said. It's like, I believe that, that you know, every, all men are created equal. Okay, I'm with that. All that, I dream of a day when we're judged on the content of our character and not the color of our skin. Okay, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. However, uh, according to these uh, recent documents that have been unearthed and the, they, the transcripts of these tapes, mm, there was some, some crazy stuff going on in the sidebar. But I doubt very much you're going to hear a lot about it because people don't want to get rid of uh, Dr. King. And his legacy and, and, and Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard and all that good stuff. And they so, shouldn't. And, and that's the thing. There shouldn't be all of these movements to remove people from history just because we don't like something that they did in the past. The reason they want us removing things from our history is because they don't want us to remember our history. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. And like, seriously, and this is this this is kind of like the Nancy Pelosi. You want to be very careful when you play this game. It's like th there will be no one there that it will be the end of statues. It'll be the end. You won't be able to name anything after anything because no one is 100 percent good. No one. So you can just it's just a matter of time. Oh, OK, I'll just I'll just find the thing. And if you ask me and I'm, I'm working on the stand up bit about it just because to try to put our country into context and just how insane it, it is, how just completely insane that we let regular people self-govern like that in 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 all of the civilizations, like even caveman days, it's the dude who was the strongest who could whoop everybody's butt. Okay. He's in charge. And then, you know, you had the, you had the Lords and the serfs and pretty much the, it was, you know, whoever's powerful, they're in charge. Listen, I, I'll, I, I can either kill you or I can kill them. Give me your money and I won't kill you. Those guys were in charge. And then they started calling themselves royalty. And okay, and then the royalty. But there it was always like whoever had the biggest army and the whoever could whoop your butt, they were in charge. And a group of freaking dudes in uh in colonial times is like, I bet we could do this ourselves. I bet we could make better decisions. And then to keep power from corrupting, you will have to get these people out of office and get new people in. That's crazy. And it's wonderful. And it's it's and it's a it's a great experiment. And worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. But those guys were not perfect. Yep. There was, uh, you know, the, you had to, there was, uh, I think it was John Adams and another dude. who was like, dude, if we're going to do this, if we're going to start this country, we got to get rid of slavery. We got to get rid of slavery. And then the other guy, that's, ah, it's, it's never going to work. They won't, they won't buy it. So in order to get the most benefits, the, the biggest benefits out of this greatest society, they're like, all right, we're going to kick the can on slavery. However, put that in the document that all men are created equal. Okay, cool. We'll get that. So, yes, no one's perfect. No one's 100% great. Uh, however, if you ask me, those dudes are all heroes. Those dudes are all – I mean the, the guys who started this country just absolutely brilliant. 
Absolutely brilliant. Now, now I'm like Mark Levin now. Life, liberty, and Levin. The it's, founding it's, fathers, in their brilliance, they saw it coming. It's actually funny that we're talking about the founding fathers right now. I've had a quote from Jefferson running through my head for about a week now. Um, and it goes like this. The government will one day be corrupt and filled with liars. And the people will flock to the one who tells them the truth. Yeah. I'm. Uh, listen, it's the more, and it's like it's like we said at the top of the show. When the more you just look at the media, uh, try to objectively, you try to take a step back and look at it, you're like, wow, they are picking winners and losers. And that's not good for us. That's not good for us because that when, when you're looking at the news through any kind of prism, it's not good. Uh, and when you start looking at the founding fathers, it's the same kind of vibe. Like they sat around. Now, granted, they didn't have – uh, they didn't have iPhones or any of that stuff, so they didn't have the great distractions. They could actually sit around and think about this. But it's nuts. It's nuts that they could actually see, well, you know, one day if we're doing this kind of government, the people are going to kind of realize that they could just vote, uh, you know, to give themselves huge pay increases. And that's not going to be good. And that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be corruption of a whole nother level. So we got to we got to watch out for that. Uh, and we have to watch out for this and make sure it's it's amazing uh, that they they foresaw all these different scenarios. You know, I guess you could say that human nature never changes. And that's really what they were talking about. And, and they used kind of somewhat vague wording, but it, it kind of I, I can't think of a. I can't think of something uh, – there's nothing new under the sun. There's not some new problem like, ooh, the Founding Fathers never would have envisioned this. They they, they covered it all. They, they yeah, covered I mean, it all. they did. And that's, and that's the thing. Going back to when you were talking about Britain and everybody was like, well, you should look at your, your own country's history. Look, we, we understand here that America is not a perfect country. I mean, it's it's in pretty much every song. You listen to the lyrics from God Bless America, and the whole second verse is like, please protect us from our own flaws. Now, we, we understand this. But the whole, the whole thing is, everything they throw at you when they start talking about how bad America is has existed in every other civilization since the dawn of time. We were the, one of the first civilizations to start trying to move away from that stuff. Yeah, we're like the first one that could do something about it. Like, God help you. God help you if you're in merry old England back in the 1600s and you had a crappy king or a crappy queen. You're stuck. You're stuck. There's nothing you can do. That's what makes us so awesome. Like, everybody's equal. Who wants to be president? Uh, I'll be president. Whoa, the billionaire uh, from the hotel thing? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, go. I guess you can try. Okay, well, they, <laughs> That's they, what they, I love about it. They voted for you, so give it a shot, man. What's the worst thing that can happen? We just had this guy for eight years. He was a community organizer that nobody knew till like six months before. So what? what's the worst thing yeah. that could happen? And never forget that. Never, I'll never forget that. I talk about this on stage all the time, and there's, there's no real joke. It's just an observation, a comedic uh, observation that, like, the bill of goods that Obama was selling America was those days are gone. Those manufacturing jobs are gone, and they're never coming back. The, the days of having – a uh, 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 3% GDP, those days are gone and they're never coming back. This is the new normal. And and Trump's like, that's crazy. I'll bring them back. I'll do it. And even with 
the Fed raising rates on him every other month, which is just like them. Just it's like it's like hobbling a racehorse. You know, you take a racehorse and you tie its legs together and it's still going to win the race. We have the best system of government. We have the best like capitalism is the best. It like there's it's not even close, dude. And and all you have to do, and it's just amazing. Like uh, Roosevelt couldn't do it. Obama couldn't do it because everybody likes to talk about that. Obama inherited the worst, uh, e- you know, economic blah blah blah. All he had to do was stand back. All you have to do is stand back, get government out of the way, and not pile on new regulation after new regulation after new regulation. I am not an economics professor. However, I am an armchair historian. And when you step back, capitalism will solve all your problems. Now, you have people you have to stop people from polluting the rivers and polluting the air. That That's the I'm on board with that. We all want to conserve green spaces and open spaces and all that stuff. However, for the most part, the greater good is just let the economy go and watch it roar. Give people a chance. The American people have the most ingenuity. We're the, we're the hardest working. We're the most wonderful, giving, charitable people on the planet. All Obama had to do was stand back and do nothing. I, that's just like people like. Oh, Trump, he's an economic genius. I, 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 I'm not going to go that far. No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he realizes that all I have to do is stand back and let the American people do the work. And I can kind of take the credit because it was his idea to stand back. And it's like none of this is that hard. None of it is that hard. And and as a businessman, he understands if I can get the government out of the way, everything's going to work. It's like um, another host here on KLRM Radio who uh, goes by on Twitter, Ordy Packard, calls Donald Donald Trump the Leslie Nielsen of presidents because nobody knew what the hell he was going to do when he came into office. And it's like no matter what he does, even if he backs into it, it works. Well, that's – I think that's a little harsh. I think that's a little harsh. It is. Uh, I still think it's funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it, it's somewhat funny, but like Leslie Nielsen's character was such a buffoon. And Trump, at least, you know, he listen, you can't run a construction company like that. Uh, and, you know, granted, he had giant ups and downs and there was huge financial swings in his background. But like, seriously, the, the guy, he's not an idiot. <laughs> he's not. He's not Leslie Nielsen. Well, no. And nice I, I understand. Thanks. That. I just it had it stuffed. <laughs> I forgot God, those movies were great. Oh, I wanted to say this. I wanted to say this. And this is and, and this is just an opening uh, for you guys. Because I meant to mention it last week and, it, and we'll close out the show with it with this week, because if you listen to the podcast and, and I don't know if you're if you're technical or not technical, but I saw this as a uh, a fun little conspiracy theory on uh, on Twitter the other day. And it's kind of freaky to think about. And and this might be something that you want to use in your own personal life. This goes to Jim Comey. Remember when Jim Comey was on Twitter and he was like standing out in the middle of a cornfield, like standing on some road in Iowa? Do you remember that, though? Do you remember that tweet he had? Yes, I remember. Okay. And do you remember the one where he was like in the forest and he's like so many questions and there's a picture of trees and then he's in another forest and he's looking at like so many answers? Somebody and it was all these weird pictures and these really bizarre, in my opinion, bizarre tweets. Someone ran those photographs. I guess you can run those photographs through a program and and see what's up. This guy's claiming there was hidden information in those pictures, and that there have been people that have been tracked and they you know actually it's a way to communicate with people without anyone knowing about it. And you can hide the real message in the picture. Have you heard of any of this? 
Um, I haven't heard about it, but it wouldn't surprise me. There's apps, dude. There are apps you can buy. So if you guys want to send hidden messages over Twitter, there's there's apps available at the App Store. You you type in the message that you want to hide, and then you take a picture, and and you get a key, and you can just. So if if I want to send a secret message to to my buddy Kung Kung Fu Rick, I type out the secret message. I take a picture. It embeds the secret message in the uh, uh, in the picture. Then I then Rick, I send you the key. Uh, which is a, a numerical thing. So you would just look at my tweet or whatever, and you'd punch in, you know, four, five, one, whatever the key is, and then boom, the message would come out, and you'd be able to see what I was really saying. And someone is saying that Comey was doing this with those bizarre tweets. Ho, 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 ho! Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. It it gives me the chills. Okay, L- go to the Loftus Party website, uh, theloftusparty.com. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you to all our Patreons. It's going wonderfully, wonderfully well. Uh, Thank you for listening to this show. Tell your friends. Uh, As you can tell, we're having a hard time getting on the radio. But we shall persevere because we are cooler than they are. I used my nerd voice for that. I love you. Have a great week. Two new videos coming this week. Comedy shows coming this week. Oh, Oh, it's all going on. We got it all. 